Time now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. The Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Brad Thompson is with me. Brad Thompson will be on the game tonight as the Cardinals take on the Nationals in Game 2 of their four-game series. And the Cardinals had been rolling prior to uh, being shut out yesterday. Really a clunker, 6 to nothing. But there's a ton of things to get into from the last time that we spoke, Brad. And uh, as always, it's great to visit with you, and I hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing great, man, doing great. Look, uh, you are going to run into those games every once in a while, right? You're going to have those clunkers uh, where uh, you've got a veteran pitcher that just carves you up. That was the case yesterday with Anibal Sanchez uh, going out there just not missing any spots and the Cardinals couldn't get anything rolling but the birds still got a seven and a half game lead in the division man life is good right now life is good and so let's start with the return of Jack Flaherty so Flaherty uh, was in trouble for the better part of his five innings but he was able to get out of it at one point he strikes out three in a row winds up striking out six I look at this as a positive. Number one, hopefully he wakes up today, he's feeling great, and maybe it's just the normal soreness that you have, and there's no ill effects from the start. Number two, you get him back. That's a jolt. Number three, he showed you what, to me, this what the staff does not have, generally speaking, which is swing and miss stuff. And when you get into postseason play, having a guy like that is huge. And so uh, I take away a lot of positives from the game yesterday, even though it was a clunker, but that was the positive that I took away. Totally agree. And you don't even have to dig into the numbers if you just watched him. Eyeball test told you that Jack Flaherty was better than we've seen him, well, since the first half of last year. And I think a lot of people forget really how good Jack was in the first half of 2021 before he ended up getting hurt. I believe it was May 31st in L.A. He had the oblique issue. He was putting up some numbers. I mean, he was 9-2, and two, good ERA, everything was good, and then injury derailed his season, tried to come back, obviously tried to come back this year, and it didn't work. But the arm angle, and that's something that you and I talked about a lot here over the last year as he's come back and back and forth, it was dropping with the shoulder issue. It just didn't look right, and it looked like he was laboring last year when he came back at the end of the year, and this year when he came back for his limited three starts, it just looked like everything was a chore. It didn't look like a chore yesterday. The ball was coming out of his hand well. He hit up to 97 on the gun. And when he did make a mistake, when I say a mistake, when his arm did drop, he was able to, in the next pitch or the next two pitches, be able to get the arm right back up and make adjustments quickly. To me, that tells me that the shoulder is healthy, that he is good to go. I think you hit on a really key spot. What does he feel like today? How does he bounce back? Because his pitches in a big league game, there's going to be a lot more intensity uh, than pitches in a minor league rehab for a guy that's got his track record. But uh, Dan, I thought he looked really good. And honestly, he did. I mean, he had to make some pitches in big spots. Like you mentioned, there was some traffic out there. Even the run that scored. Look, C.J. Abrams Abrams hit a, uh, we'll do air quotes, triple on a ball that really should have been a single, that Tyler O'Neill, uh, it was an ill-advised dive for that play. Didn't need to go for it. He did. Uh, ended up on third. And then it was Lane Thomas who ended up hitting a mistake. It was a two-strike fastball that he was trying to go in off the plate. Yeah, 0-2. Tried to go in off the plate, missed middle, and defensive swing, uh, you know, a ground rule double down the line. I mean, he could have got out of there without anything against him. So I love what we saw out of Jack Flaherty. So the corresponding moves with this uh, before the, the series opener yesterday, the Cardinals, so obviously they activated Jack Flaherty. 
Uh, they optioned Dakota Hudson to AAA and keep him stretched out for a doubleheader coming up, and he'll make a start in one of those two games. And then they designated Junior Fernandez for assignment. I want to get into that for just a moment because I thought Junior had some great moments this year. I thought he had turned the corner. Um, remember a few years ago, even pre-pandemic, there was talk like, hey, man, this guy, big arm, he's going to be a closer. And all of a sudden they, they designated him for assignment. I, I guess what we learned is that when he was aggressive – and could throw strikes, and wow, what a what a combination. Yeah, that works. And when he's picking and not throwing strikes, it doesn't work. And so the Cardinals had to make a move. I would imagine that may have been an uncomfortable move to an extent because he's a big arm. You know he's going to get picked up by somebody, but uh, it was adios to Junior Fernandez. Yeah, I think it's always an uncomfortable move when you're taking somebody off your 40-man roster, and especially a guy that has a high-octane arm like that. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's the price of business. You look at the, the numbers this year for Junior, very limited time. He only had 13 games with the Cardinals this year, but a good ERA, sub three. He did uh, walk that tightrope a little bit. I mean, he had traffic. The whip was uh, pretty darn high, but you knew the stuff was there. You're right. Somebody will take a chance on him. But uh, at some point, you have to make moves that are a little bit uncomfortable. So, uh, look, it, it, it kind of is what it is for him. He'll step up somewhere. But uh, right now, the Cardinals were focused on what makes their roster the most ideal for the circumstances currently. And uh, it was with him off of it and with Dakota at AAA. And, Dan, I, I got to tell you, I kind of like the move here. I'm not for Dakota. I feel bad for him. I'd like him to have success. I like Dakota. He's a good dude. But what value was he going to serve you in the bullpen right now? Yeah. You know, that that's the hard part because you've got a couple of guys already, Dan, uh, as you know, that are lengthened out. Jake Woodford, I mean, if there's another start that popped up, I'd feel very, very comfortable giving Jake Woodford uh, the ball right now. You've got Andre Pallante, who, boy, you want to talk about bad luck in a ball game. Andre Pallante got that yesterday, just beating the ball into the ground. He ends up, what was it, a third of an inning, gave up four you know, it's oh, yeah. not exactly ideal, uh, Dan, but I like this. Keep Dakota stretched out. Hopefully, you know, works through some things, consistency against left-handed batters and, and whatnot, and then have him ready for the doubleheader. I think it makes your big league pitching staff a little bit better. So we talk about milestones all the time, and this one kind of flew under the radar, I think, for a lot of people. But Yadier Molina reached 2,098 career starts behind the plate to pass Carlton Fisk, uh, second in Major League history. He will not catch... Pudge Rodriguez, number one, the Hall of Famer with 2,346. Um, it wasn't lost on me yesterday. We, we were doing the game, Brad, and he takes a, uh, a foul ball, a tip, right to the center of his mask. And I just I, every time that happens to him, I, I think, number one, he's not going to miss it. I say that on the game. But number two, the, the durability to be able to do that, Second all-time, I mean, there's 22,000, 23,000 people that have played this game, and he's the second most in catchers in terms of getting behind the plate. Just the beating that a, that a, a player takes behind the plate. I mean, I worked with Tim McCarver so so many years, and I remember he would show me his left hand, his, his catching hand, and it was beat up. I mean, it was fingers going this way, that way, and he, it's – I, I just don't think we should underscore the fact that this guy has been back there and taking a beating, and he answers the bell. And that 
is a responsibility that he has had to this team for many, many years. Now, he's in the latter stages of his career. He left for various reasons this year. But generally speaking, for the nearly two decades to be behind the plate and do that, man, oh, man, that's just, uh, to me, that's an incredible accomplishment. 2,098 career starts behind the plate, second most all-time in the history of baseball. So we talk about this a lot with him and Adam. We pair the two together, and rightfully so, because come Thursday, it will be a record-tying outing for the two of them, number 324 uh, for battery mates. So that's going to be special. And we talk about how that will never happen again. You won't see it. You're not going to see two guys that, that do this again. I really don't think that you're going to see catchers do what Yadier Molina is doing again. Longevity, the stuff that you're talking about, all the beating that you take back there. The financial part of this ball game, where guys don't have to take that beating anymore. You get that one contract, maybe you're set for life. Yadier Molina is wired different. I mean, this is a guy and this is a family that, that has been doing it at such a high level for such a, a long time. He's got nine gold gloves, four platinum gloves, and he just loves being back there and he loves competing. And especially, Dan, as you know, and we've talked about on the broadcast and we've talked about uh, you know off air, this is the time of year. It's September. October is on the way. We're starting to see the bat heat up a little bit for Yachty here recently. You see him behind the plate, and it's just different than, and this is no disrespect to Andrew Kisner, who I really like. Yachty's different behind the plate. He's getting calls that Kisner won't get. He's more quiet. Anything at the bottom of the zone, he gets. He also knows the umpire, so he has those relationships where he's going to get the benefit of the doubt uh, on a call. I love having Yachty a part of this mix right now. This team has something special right uh, you know, right now, and Yachty's a big part of it. Wasn't lost on me yesterday. We had a crowd of 45,679. It was the 21st sellout. Albert Pujols made the final out in the game. And I would venture to say of the 45,679, probably a good 35 to 40 were still remaining in there just to see if Albert can get to the fourth position all-time uh, home run list in Major League Baseball and tie Alex Rodriguez. I thought over the weekend, man, that home run that he hit against the Cubs uh, was a magical moment, clearly. And I was trying to think, and I don't know, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Man, he's had some magical moments this year. I'm just talking specifically this year. I think about his first home run back in St. Louis. I think about the pinch hit Grand Slam. I think about the two home runs in Arizona. I think about his home run at Wrigley with a pitch basically above his head. And then I think about the pinch hit two-run homer for, uh, the, for the Cardinals against the Cubs. It's not only hitting the home runs. They're coming at meaningful times. And that's, I think, been lost on a lot of people. It's like, this is not just a sideshow. This is a guy that's helping you win games. And that should not be overlooked as he's sitting now just <clears throat> one back of A-Rod to become fourth all-time in home runs. Well, you heard after the game the other day, Nolan Arenado talking to the assembled media that he wants Albert back next year. I love it. He said, yeah, he said, I don't care if he hits 700, 702. Like, we just, we need him back in the fold. Now, I don't know if that's going to be in the heart of Albert due, due to the fact that he has basically said, I don't care if I get to 700 or not. That's it. Who knows? We all make uh, different decisions, right, a as we, we wind things down. Uh, but he has been a pivotal part of everything they're doing. Certainly, to your point, on the field and all of those moments uh, that you brought up were, were huge and game-shifting. And you could just tell with the energy, not only in the, the ballparks and 
dude, it's been at Bush Stadium, as you mentioned. I mean, you, you get goosebumps when the guy comes yep. up to bat because that's that's the energy. But you're getting that on the road also. And it's not just Cardinal fans that are traveling. It, it's whoever. Like, it's baseball fans that respect what this guy has done. There's a different vibe. But what he's doing behind the scenes and helping the younger players and the energy that he provides. When number five is on your side, you feel like you got something going. And I was going to ask you this uh, because I felt guilty of this yesterday. And I, <laughs> I was thinking about it on my drive home and I go, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? I was waiting for uh, for Goldie and Arenado's at bats to get over with so I could watch Albert. Yeah, just get out of the way. I'm Goldie's going to win the MVP. Arenado's having a monster year. He could win the MVP if Goldie weren't doing Goldie things. And I wanted to see Albert. He's stealing the show. Well, I said to I might have been Jimmy over the weekend. I said, boy, this I said this on the air. I said, this is bad when you think that these guys get out because you're happy because then you can watch <laughs> Albert. <laughs> That's terrible to say that. But it is fun to watch, man. It is so much fun. It is so much energy in the ballpark. I uh, I was asked earlier this year. If Albert would get to like 698, 699, do you think he comes back? And I answered the question by saying, no, I don't, I don't think he does because I didn't think there was any chance he'd get there. I didn't think he'd have a legitimate shot at 700. I was dead wrong because he's improved against right-handed pitching, and now you've opened up this lead where you feel comfortable saying, hey, even if it's a, a matchup that doesn't really favor Albert because it's a righty, the way he's swinging the bat since the all-star break against right-handed pitching, no, 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 he's a viable option. So that changes the mindset of it. I'm with you. I don't think he comes back, but I'd love to just say, let's get 700 out of the way so we don't have to worry about it. But that would be a sidebar story to the offseason, and we're jumping way ahead. But if he's at 698, you're two away from 700, how do you not think about it? You'd have to. I know. I know. To. I, I totally agree. And I guess I, when you think about it, really, I mean, what is what does it mean? It's just two two more home runs. All it is is a nice round number for everybody. It's a really seven, big, nice round number. Though. It's a huge <laughs> round number. But you know, it, it's it's still fourth all time. Like you're you're still sitting there. And at this point, all I could do is take uh, take the man, uh, you know, to his word. He, he said he doesn't want to come back either way. Uh, we'll see if that ends up changing. But I know this: it, it won't diminish anything for me if Albert hits six ninety five, six seven eight nine or seven hundred. He's the best player I've ever seen with my own eyes. Me and too. that won't change if, if he ends up hitting the milestone of 700. But I wholeheartedly agree with you that I would love to see that this year uh, down the stretch. I'm, I'm so excited. You and I, uh, especially at the end of September, we've got a ton of games together. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to watch this team uh, clinch the division and go on to October. Hopefully, you know, Albert has hit his milestone. This team's just playing their best baseball at the biggest time. We've seen the starting pitching solidify. We're seeing this bullpen really turn in some good outings. Yesterday, again, I mentioned Palante's outing. That was a that was a bit of an outlier from him. James Nail, quick start in his first two uh, two batters. Then things got awry uh, a little bit from him. But this bullpen has been really, really good. The lineup is the best in baseball since the All-Star break. And a top-five lineup, uh, basically in every category for the entire season, season we're seeing something great right now and this this sprint here and it really is going to be a sprint is going to be special so i'll wrap it up with this jose quintana goes uh, tonight for the cardinals and he's never beaten the washington nationals hasn't been overly sharp his last couple of starts what do you from a pitching perspective look for with quintana when you know hey this guy looks to be on he's gonna have a good night 
So for, for me, it, it's not even necessarily we talk a lot about pitchers getting ahead for Quintana. It, it's not that as much for me. It's getting back into counts because he he's a guy that works the corners and he's like an aim small, miss small guy. And it, his first couple of starts that we saw, if he missed, he missed just off the plate in or just off the plate away, or just up above the zone. Here recently, we've seen some of his misses be on the other side, just in the plate, or just you know, just in there in the strike zone where guys are able to get to it. So uh, it, it's an aim small, miss small thing. If his misses are quote-unquote good misses, I feel like he's going to have himself a, a good day. He, uh, he has the advantage of having a great defense behind him. He can use him, but he's not your prototypical just pour in strikes, see what happens. He's still got to mix it up a little bit. I don't worry about him, especially with this, uh, this defense behind him. Uh, I think he's going to be fine, but I'm sure that he wants to bounce back after a couple, as you mentioned, not his greatest outings. All right, BT, thanks for doing it. Always fun to talk about Cardinal baseball and history potentially to be uh, made, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark tonight. Let's do it again tonight. Let's even this series back up. The Cardinals don't lose two games in a row very often, so let's ride. That is Brad Thompson. I'm Danny Mack, and this is the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the Cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.